the dynamo, use the dynamo, use the dynamo, use the dynamo. Boys acting like they ready for that orange crush. Try us if you want to wheel leave you in the dust. The men in orange, baby, got orange on my back. Be the ones, now it's time for us to bring it back. Long as I got my fan club, y'all can't harm it. El Battalion in the Texan Army. We MLS champ, so haters back back. Another game on the field, my team gon' rap. Hey, Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dynalytics, episode number 42. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, the OG OSG. What's up, El Dynalytico, man? How you doing, bro? <laughs> I'm good, man. You inspired the new nickname, dude. <laughs> Did I inspire it? Yeah. Is that what it was? Asking, asking you, hey, man. Like your name, you like your name. What you want a nickname? You got you got a little little character you want to inspire? And uh, El Dalitico and <laughs> hey El Luchador. <laughs> I just I honestly well, didn't even think it sounded like a luchador. I think it was more like the analytic guy. You know, that's that's what I was trying to get to. But I'll I'll do luchador too, man. <laughs> <laughs> It'll make it easier for that uh, characteristic drawing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, no, good to hear from you, OSG. Um, we had fun this weekend at PNC. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Busy weekend as well. Busy, busy weekend. And to help recap it, uh, we have a special guest tonight. You want to go ahead and introduce our guest, OSG? Absolutely, Lava. So tonight we're bringing on Lava Spike. Jones, everybody knows he's a surge member, makes it to all the games. So let's hear it, brother. How you doing, Baba? Yeah, I'm doing good, guys. Uh, I know I've listened to you guys for a while, popped on the spaces every now and again. So I appreciate the invitation and uh, for us to chat. FC and everything that that encompasses, Dash, Dose, and all that. Let's go, Hustle Town. Take us in, Herman. You know how we go. Get us into the let's let's get to know our guest. Lava, as we know, is a Surge member, a proud Surge member. And of course, Surge goes through Dynamo and Dash. It it where we cover Hustle Town. And that's the that's the greatest part. But Herman, take us into it, man. Let's let's get to know Lava for the people who do not know Lava, because I've got to spend some time with him, got to go to another state with him. So I, I get to know him a little bit. Lava's a cool dude, man. Let's hear it. You know what, Lava? Why don't you tell us about yourself? What 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 brought you to become a Dynamo fan? Let's just <laughs> let's just begin with that. All right. Uh, so I'm not a native Houstonian. Uh, I moved here in about 2012. Uh, I've always been of the mindset that uh, you know wherever you are, you have to you know you you're from that city, so you there's kind of a calling to support the local team. Uh, back then, there was no Dash, just the Dynamo. So I started going to games in 2012. It was a different era of Dynamo. We were good. We <laughs> went to MLS Cup that year. Uh, everything looked fantastic. Uh, and it's been bumped ever since. But uh, like you said, uh, I joined the Surge, uh, I want to say it was last year. Uh, and it was really, I was, I'm fairly active on Twitter. Uh, talking all sorts of nonsense, including Dynamo. And I saw the jersey, the 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 one that they do every year. 
for the members and it had Eureka Heights and this is, they're not paying me for this Eureka Heights, although we love Eureka Heights and <laughs> I, it's my favorite brewery in Houston. So I saw the Jersey, I saw it was Dynamo related. I'm like, oh man, that sounds cool. And I sent a message to their, the, to the search Twitter, like, Hey, I want that Jersey. And they're like, yeah, join the surge. And they told me all about it. And I'm like, all right, cool. So that's how I wound up in the surge. That's how I wound up being a Dynamo fan. Um, really, I didn't have any other MLS team, although I lived in New York when the Metro stars were a thing, but I never got into that. Uh, so I can safely say that I didn't have any MLS allegiances, which thank goodness, because uh, it's Dynamo or nothing, right? <laughs> right, right. Because you know how we feel about some people that have switched over to the other uh, other yeah. neighbors. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would, I'll never understand that. Uh, even beyond MLS, I'd, I'd know friends who'd be like, one summer they're Real Madrid, and then Real Madrid starts sucking, and then all of a sudden they're Manchester United or something like that. So, you know, I hitched my wagon to the Dynamo when it was good, and I thought it would be like, oh man, like we've got the championships, <laughs> we've got MLS Cup runs, this is awesome. PNC was brand shiny new stadium. Uh, and we've had some some topsy turvy moments ever since, as you as you well know, SG. I wouldn't call them topsy turvy. They've been all downy turvy. <laughs> I mean, you came in with what? Did you get to see one loss or both losses for the MLS Cups when you came uh, here? The first one was it 2011? Yeah, 2011. Like yeah, 2011. I wasn't here yet, but I was visiting Houston, so. I, I, may, I may have gone to the stadium once, but I didn't see that. I didn't. I wasn't as plugged in. And then 2012, I was already here. I went to the uh, Eastern Conference final at PNC, I think it was against DC United. Uh, and then we got to the final and LA Galaxy got us again. Uh, and it's one of those things that's happened to me in other sports. It's like, oh, man, we'll be back. And it hasn't happened. So. <laughs> right. I mean, you got the Open Cup in that one, too. I, yeah, so I, did get, I did get the Open Cup, and I was at that game, too. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, it hasn't, well, it hasn't been an entire drought, so at least we've got some silverware uh, ever since. Well, well I'm glad we, we can get you out of the Big Apple <laughs> for the Forever Orange. But, yeah, what's up, Ramon? Yeah, Julio Julio does have an allegiance though that's very close to his heart, man. He's a rojo. He's not just an orange, he's also a red, man, but not a Liverpool red, a special yeah. kind of red. Yeah, Herman uh, has usually chimes in on that because on Twitter I'll, I'll also talk and even my my Twitter, I guess my my picture for my profile, I'm wearing a Rojos Municipal jersey which is uh uh it's I guess my the club that I really like fell in love with the game because my family's originally from Guatemala. Uh, so I grew up in New York, but I lived in Guatemala during my teenage years. And those were the years where I started to get into soccer because when I lived in New York, I wasn't really a soccer fan. Uh, so, yeah, man, Rojos is that's 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 I've been asked and I've been put in a tough situation from people in the surge or Dynamo fans like, yo, if Municipal plays uh dynamo and Concacaf, who are you going to root for uh <laughs> which is a kind of rocking a hard spot so the easy answers there is we both need to get to Concacaf champions league before <laughs> <laughs> and then you cannot answer that question truly and honestly until that game happens and you're at the stadium yeah. and then you're like yeah i, I, I mean that. that's one of those things the the 
the 10 years I've been in Houston, like the team that I've gone for in Houston is like the Dynamo. I'm not an Astros fan. I'm not a Texans fan. I kind of keep with the Rockets, but I'm still like Dynamo forever. But like Municipal is like what made me fall in love with the game. And it's from where my family and where I'm from. So that's going to be a hard one. <laughs> hey, well, we welcome you as a Dynamo fan. Like like you said, you didn't, you didn't have no allegiances. So it's not like you switch. It's not like... You know, you don't have to root for the team yeah. in the town that you, you live in, but you you could always root for your home and your your first initial. But you know what? You sound like you're you're so, true and true. I'm, I'm gonna toss that back to Hitman. So you're Salvadorian, right? Yes. So what which which is your club in El Salvador? So you probably haven't heard of it. Um so in the eastern part of the country, uh one of the biggest clubs in the country is called Club Deportivo Aguila. Okay, yeah. Orange and black. Orange and black, yeah. So that a lot of Batayon members they they bring those jerseys out to the to the game. Um, that's the team that my part of the country supports, but the team that's um, close to our hometown is um, uh, Club Deportivo Municipal Limeño. So it's a it's okay. a a town a city. It's actually a commercial city near the border with Honduras, Santa Rosa de Lima. Um, so that's that's the team. We've been to CONCACAF champions one one time. Um, but yeah, it's a small club. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, I've heard of Limeño, but like you said, it, it doesn't have you've the same. seen it. You've yeah. seen it because it has. And it's funny. You're going to laugh. OSG, the logo. It's a little piggy playing soccer. I'll tweet it out. I'll tweet it out, I'll tweet yeah. it out so everybody can see it. All right. Do but that. You, who else plays soccer, OSG? Houston Dynamo cool. goals. <laughs> right, that, that, that's true. That's true. That, well, I mean, do, do they? I mean, they did yesterday. They did yesterday. No, they did not yesterday. Oh, yeah, they didn't. Yeah, based on the – they yeah. fish, It was a bad day. I guess, a bad day for they tec- technically played, but physically did not play yet. Right, that right, just, exactly. Just so, disappointing. So what happened in that game, OSG? Ah, uh, yeah, so let me uh, – I guess let's just go into it, man, and – uh, that was just an absolutely disappointing. We traveled to Colorado. We have three games left in the season. Playoffs are clinched, but we're trying to fight for that that home field game because we know those those teams above us are tough, and we need to we need to try to get that home. And we're five hundred on the on the road, so playoffs are coming. You know, Bundy's up on Dynamo now, so new coach. What's going to happen? We we don't know how the team's going to play, but <sighs> dude, they lost. One to nothing in Colorado, and gratefully I, we were not able to watch the game. I don't know if Lob was able to watch the game because we were watching Dash, and I was physically at Dash, so I did not get to watch the Dose game. But I watched the minimal highlights. I seen the stats, and it just looked yeah. Ridiculous. I I caught the I guess the the last maybe twenty minutes of it because there was an overlap with Dash, and I was gonna d- dual screen it. Uh, and then I saw that Edwards got a red card. So I'm like, mm, I'm just going to focus on the dash. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of tricky because, you know, Kenny Bundy had been, I guess, running the ship pretty well. So uh, with the Naga domino falling, Kenny moving to the first team, uh, I'm sure that probably threw a wrench in terms of things. Because I know when we played Colorado, I was at, uh, Aviva for that one here at, uh, in Houston, and we 
I th- what did we beat them three nil, three three zero, I think, four zero, something like that. No, 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 no. Yeah, let us remind you that was the game. No, we lost no, I wasn't at I wasn't at that one. I was at the SKC one, SKC one, which was three. <laughs> that one we did. Yeah, yeah. three zero. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was at that one. Oh man, Colorado's got our number then. So yeah, I lost. I watched the last twenty minutes. It wasn't great. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I think it's affecting. Well, I mean, you saw it. So you like you watched the last twenty minutes. So you saw the the horrendous play at the end of the game. And Morano, who was the player of the week, what last week I guess it was, is the guy who just made the biggest mistake in the 88th minute this time. And we're playing the ball out of the back. They're taking their time. He tries to make a he tries to make a move. It does not work. And he gives yeah, up the that, ball. The dude puts it in the corner. Yeah. Ah. We got uh, we got punished on that one, and then the dash one with uh, some uh, bad uh, oh. care of the ball. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll save dash for a little bit later. Yeah. but I mean, with Dynamo Dose, it's kind of hard because I, obviously we're we kind of as as Houston fans, we kind of hung our hat at on their success this year because I mean the Dynamo hadn't been providing it, and the dash have been good, so. So that's that's been a thing. So, but really, like, what what do we want out of that? Obviously, you know, we want them to do good and playoffs and all that. But I think most of these clubs uh, are just trying to develop players to then move on to the first team. Whether you know, regardless of if that throws a wrench in in the, their second team, right? Dude, if, if if developing was a goal, there was none of that yesterday. Yeah, no, it, we, it was probably some of the worst dose that I've seen. No, maybe no. the worst dose I've seen this season. No, it was the worst. That was just absolutely ridiculous. And you can, it's a road game, whatever. That just, like I said, the minimal highlights because it's you know, MLS Next Pro and MLS Next Pro has not figured out the, the camera situation. Thank God for Apple TV next season going to help out there. And uh, this, the highlights suck regardless but yeah it was not not a great game those 20 minutes that i saw osg i mean to put it into context who would have thought that after the weekend of games we would have said that the dynamo two were the worst performing out of the three (laughs) who would have thought yeah for real for real exact for exactly and 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 it even started off what was it 20 was it 22 minutes into the game i think it was yeah it was yeah edwards gets the red card to start off the game and uh, and, of course, like I said, MLS Expo sucks. So I really couldn't tell what the foul was or the red card was. So, you yeah, boom. You know, they – and luckily we, we held we held it down even though we gave up 20 shots to our two. And I don't think either one of our two were on goal. Right. Uh, just uh, – it was uh, – we got our butts kicked. But we made it to the 88-minute tied 0-0. And Colorado even took a red card in the 76-minute or second yellow. And – Man, and just playing out of the back just to make that mistake. I mean, it it, it kind of fit in with the way they were playing. But we are like, almost there. Let's just take the draw. Come on, please. Needed to win just to try to get first place. But uh, those failed. Armand, did you get to catch any of it yourself? No, sir. Just the the highlights and the and the recap of the of the stats. But yeah, the one that everything looks even if you look at it from the stats point of view, except one that pops off the page, and that's the shots. Right, <laughs> they're 18 to two. Um, 
you know, that's that's a big disproportion, you know. Yeah, and then their defense, they had they won the defensive stats. And of course, yeah, we had more possession. We passed the ball more. But when you pass when you pass the ball seventy five more times than your opponent and you and you take sixteen less shots, what were you doing? You, that felt very nog naga ball passing sideways. Right. You're not going <laughs> forward. I mean, come on, what the heck was the deal? And, and, and uh, you know what? Why is Papa and Doyle not playing at all? They're not. They haven't. Recent games haven't been subbing them in. You know, so now I've been questioning some of the, the players. You know, uh, Valdez. I, I haven't been keeping up with like the players in like in June. Valdez hadn't played for a couple games, and he wasn't even on the bench. So I don't know if he's hurt yeah, or. I, he's, I did Camp. hear from, and I, again, I didn't watch the first half, but the someone either in one of the groups was saying that Panningberg had a pretty decent game for the most part. Uh, and again, I mean, he's looked great. But uh, at the end of the day, like the question of Valdez is valid because isn't he signed on a senior contract? And you know, if we're going to develop him into possibly the heir apparent. Uh, with Steve Clark, you'd want to give him more reps. So I don't, I mean, it's sometimes really curious how the roster management happens down there. Cause you know, there's guys that are available and not available. And I guess we don't really know their contractual situations for a lot of them, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a guy that I'd wanted to see more. And it would be nice to even see him maybe not this year, but maybe at some point next year, get some minutes with the dynamo, because again, we need to see if this kid can, can really be something for us for for the senior team. Well, well, two things. That's funny you say that because Kenny Bunny released some statement today uh, uh, speaking about that, and everybody was expecting once I became the coach, uh, we'd have more down of those players being being more ready. And it doesn't work that way. The contracts, this and that. We can only use this and that. We can only do so much. And so he, he just made it clear. It's like, yeah, yes, yeah. What y'all I mean, expecting is not going to happen. It's kind of one of those things you need. You almost like need a graduate degree to understand MLS rules oh, yeah. and contractual things. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a bunch of weird stuff with with the the second teams as well. So I, again, because again, the, the few times I've been to the stadium, you know, I've been wanting to see a certain player, and they're not even on the bench, and it's some one of those things that. I'm sure there's some stuff in the background that's happening that we kind of aren't aware of or privy of. And right. And so we all know Nelson Valdez and Clark are all under contract next year. So we don't have the options there. There's no re-signing. So we have all three next year. So you asked for Valdez getting minutes. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to, but like you said, penitin has been playing great too. So I mean, what do we do here? Yeah, and I mean, I like I'm, and this is bleeding into like Dynamo talk. I really don't mind Steve Clark because is his contract for one more year after this? Like I don't yeah. mind. He's he overall has been a net positive for the team with um you know within Correct. the 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 whole situation of how bad the season's been. So I don't mind him having another year, but it'd be nice to see Valdez get some minutes in next year, maybe over Nelson because we know that Nelson. It's probably not going to be a uh, part of the equation uh, in, for that position. So it'd be nice to see just what we have in Valdez next year. 
No, I, and I, I agree. That would be just let Nelson be the three, and he's the emergency guy, and, and Valdez back up and gets get some playing time during the cup, during the during the what is the the Liga MX and uh, MLS combination uh, as well. Cup or whatever. The league's cup. So we got yeah. league's cup and the Open Cup plus the regular season next year. So all three of them are probably going to get plenty are, are going to get time. You know, if, if, if Clark can still hold that spot down, you know, if Valdez can come and take it, then I'd let Valdez take it. But hey. So, I guess to land on something with Dose, we've got one more game, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. One more regular season big, game. Big one. Big, big one, one this weekend, which I'll be there. Uh, Same. So, so, after that, it's playoffs. I really don't know how the playoffs over there work. I don't even know when it starts because I've heard different people say that it's somewhat soon. It's some a few months out. That's something I, I don't think they've even posted a schedule for playoffs, right? So there is not a playoff schedule out there as far as dates. I've looked and looked and looked. Uh, there may be tentative, but there's nothing with a, a solid mark on it. We do know it's four teams out of the West and four teams out of the East. And right now, three of those teams are coming out of the division that we're playing in. Our four are clinched in the West, and there's only one clinched in the East. And I think it's Columbus, I believe. And then the rest are still fighting, and they have fewer points than everybody in the West. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a eighteen eighteens make the playoffs and they fight east and west and then the, the winner. The, the West has been tough. Like there's some decent teams and uh, St. Louis City is playing actual first team players that are kind of just waiting for that franchise to get going. So yes. it, yeah, it's been it's been a dogfight in the West. North Texas has been pretty good. We've been good. Uh, North you know. Texas is on a six game unbeaten streak. Tacoma. Defiance is just another M. We call them an MLS team, but that's that, that's I think it's Seattle's or Portland. I'm yeah, sure it's Seattle's. Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, they're just, they're so strong and they're built. It's crazy how good Seattle the, the first well, team is. They're not I think, playing. Well I think that's kind of the end game, hopefully for us, because a lot of those kids have seen MLS minutes, uh, so they kind of have a, a pretty consistent pipeline, uh, and hopefully, I. The Dynamo Dose, that's what they become. Like that, that's the dream, right? To to have a squad as strong as Tacoma that's feeding players into the first team and 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 serving really as as the, the purpose of what this NMLS next pro is, which is you know, be your minor league feeder system into the, the big league. That's the hope. Right. That's the hope. But I think the front office, like Pat Onstad they use it as a roster manipulation as well for the first team too, you know, like they, I feel like they use some of the backdoor tricks, which is pretty genius in a way um, to, to maneuver the dynamo roster around. But I just want to throw something out there because it's a good question that you and OSG talked about to Steve Clark. So he, they basically signed them for two years, but in reality, they signed them for four years. Um, The, the first two years are guaranteed, you know, mm-hmm. so he'll be here next year. And then 24 and 25 are club options. So okay. I imagine, I imagine that he's done after next year. I would imagine, but we'll see what happens, but I it's mean, it's, gonna a, be in, mm-hmm. it's a nice little backup plan, right? Like the positive right. thing about goalkeepers anywhere in the world is that they can play well into their thirties at a high level. Uh, you know, we saw that obviously Steve Clark is no like Gianluigi Buffon or Iker Casillas or anything like that. But 
you know, if, if, if the club's in a pinch and we need a keeper and the market isn't really great, you know, and if he he puts on a similar performance next year, I mean, I can see him coming back, the club bringing him back, but you're right. Like, hopefully within you know now and next season they've kind of have a figure figured out a plan of who's going to be the who's taking over whether it's valdez or someone from outside herman did you did you notice his italian influence not <laughs> i did not what italian is with osg your your keeper, Rufano. Oh, Gigi. He's one of my all-time yeah. favorite players. Yeah, and you have the other one too, and we all know you're Juventus. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got that. Um, got that Italian player. Yeah, um, that was one of the things when Chiellini came with LAFC. As much as I love Chiellini, it was good that we kind of put him to task, and he was he couldn't even finish the game because it was so hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's true. Yeah, the, the but, Europeans, they got to get used to that weather here, A, especially from L.A., right? Like, if you got to go across country, they're not used to that, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your, your Europe is so small, and then it's always raining. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Like, Herman, you bring up a good point. Like, you'll you'll watch, like, Champions League coverage, and they're talking about away days to Russia or Ukraine or, you know, somewhere far out. That For them, they make it sound like they're going halfway across the world, but that's like a flight from – you know, here to Seattle mm-hmm. <laughs> or here to Portland. <laughs> mm-hmm. The other, so, the other, go ahead. Yeah. No, go sorry. Ahead. So go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say you, you and OSG touched on uh, interesting topics. What do you think, OSG? I'm actually curious about your answer. Do you want the Dinodos to be kind of like that pipeline or do you care that the team wins? Like you want them to win, screw the development. What, what, what's, no. what's your take on I, th- those two come in. Those two come entwined together. And okay. as, as a coach, as a coach, when I when I was coaching my girls, mm-hmm. I, I I instilled y- your the aspect of the game. I'm a tactical coach, and I taught my girls how to how to play the game and how to play it the smart way. And then I brought in I brought in a tactical coach to teach them the technical. I mean, sorry, I brought in a technical coach to, to teach them the technical aspects of the game and, and to work on their t- their touches and, and just their, their passes and their, their shooting and all, and all that and all that good stuff. And so they they intertwine together. But first, you you teach and you develop, which is the goal of that second team of Donna Dose. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, and of course, if you're doing your job and these players are play are are they're working well in practice, the wins come behind it. Yeah. And so yeah. So like last night, we're clinching the playoffs. I saw no development last night from any of those players. Pennington. To answer your question from my side here, man, I kind of agree with those G, but at the same time, for me, like the the way they're going to measure success with Dynamo 2 is how many players are coming up and producing in Dynamo. And I think the challenge of that is if you have players that are coming up and producing, they're being brought up to the team and they're leaving a space with those. So that could kind of put things in a tailspin. And sure, you know, these guys are, they've always, you know, these guys that are playing at that level, I'm sure they want to win as always. But, you know, if you've got, 
the the senior team pulling two or three players because they have to play against I don't know someone in Mexico for this league's cup thing yeah. that may throw a tailspin but at the end of the day for me it should be measured on are these players coming up and being uh you know producers for the senior team and and in theory you have the next class waiting for their opportunity right as soon as the first mm -hmm. team calls one or two players up and opens up a spot in those you have academy two that are waiting for their opportunity as well right yep should be a pipeline you know next man up and, and so on and so forth the the other thing i wanted to ask osg before we kind of move into the reason why we couldn't watch the dose game is summarize what happened with the now that our our that Paulo has been out. What do you think of the of the coach that was po appointed? Kenny Bundy? Mm-hmm. Oh, so Dynamo. Okay. No, Maybe. no, no. Like uh obviously he got promoted to Dynamo. We'll get that we'll get to that later. I'm talking about the one for Dynados now. Oh, I mean we don't know much have... about him, right? Like no, we just, coach. We just, no, he was yeah, U fifteen and and we do know that the U15s have been pretty decent. But, yeah, he's a U15 coach. He's definitely coaching kids. And these are not kids no more. These There's a 23-year-old uh, Beto Avila on the team or 21-year-old team. These, are, these aren't these are 14-year-olds he's messing with no more. So that's a, that's a big difference. And, like I said, we didn't get to watch the games. And I, we weren't able to see what kind of control he has. And uh, there was no – I don't think there was a press conference or anything like that. So – but I mean, he's he he got the he got the promotion for a reason, so he must right. be doing something where he's developing. He's a U15. What happened to the 17 to the 19? And there's a U23 coach as well, so mm -hmm. he, he he must be doing something. Yeah. Any but, topic y'all want to touch? Go ahead, OG. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. To to, to finish off those, then mm -hmm. like Lava said, we're gonna be there next weekend. I'm assuming you're going to be there next weekend. I'm going to be there next weekend. And we're calling out everybody, guys. Dash are not home this weekend. Dynamo are not home this weekend. So what are you going to go to next weekend? It is decision day for Donna Dose. Technically, our decision's been made up. We are in clinch for the playoffs, but it's the final game of the season. It is an official Houston Donna Dose tailgate. The, the front office is going to be there. The surge are going to be there. Albatillon is going to be there. The instruments are going to be there. I, I even think that everything's going to be there, man. Everything's going to be there. And I'm expecting everybody to be there. And this is still at Aviva Stadium. Unless everybody just starts buying up some tickets, just get them. Let's buy, let's start, everybody start buying up some tickets and let's move it to PNC. And then let's, let's beat North Texas. They are on a six-game unbeaten streak. They are technically tied with us uh, in the standings. And in the standings, they have us below them because of goal differential, even though we beat them twice this year already. So this is game number three. This one's a huge rivalry game. And this one's setting up into the playoffs because we are, we're, you know, our, our form's not looking real good right now. So this is a big one, man. So everybody, come out and root for your dose. Come check out the tailgate. The game is, what, at 6 o'clock? Tailgate mm -hmm. opens at 3 o'clock. Please, I want to see you all there. And you know what? Here's the best part about it. Stick around afterwards because we're going to watch LAFC versus Dynamo game from the stadium 
on the big screen as well. And I'm hyped. I'm pumped. And I'm ready. Let's go. Amen. I'll be there. Julio, you're going, right? Yeah, for sure. I think that OSG covered it pretty well. It's going to be a pretty good celebration. If you haven't been to Viva, it's a pretty, you know, pretty neat, intimate, intimate setting. There's going to be, you know, tailgate. There's going to be, like OSG said, all the groups are going to be out. So, you know, let's let's show Doe some support. I mean, they've had a pretty overall successful season. So let's mm-hmm. send them off into the playoffs with with a victory. I agree. All three of us will be there, and we hope to see you there. The reason that I couldn't watch the game is because I was with OSG last night at PNC. We were supporting our girls last night at PNC. OSG? Yeah, man. I, I, only my, I think my second dash game this year because, the you know, of course, everybody knows I don't live at home in Hustletown. I have to travel to games, so Dash are always doing eight o'clock, eight o'clock Sunday games, and it makes it impossible to go to them and just get to work on time on Monday. So finally, a six o'clock game on Sunday, I was like, you know what? I'm just doing a doubleheader weekend. I'm doing Dynamo and Dash, and so yeah, man, got got to go see Dash. It was fun. It was a Maria Sanchez bobblehead night. So even better, got there on time with help to surge set up for the pregame and get all the signs up and the banners up, man, and. Uh, it's just a, a big game for the Dash because, man, the way that the parody is going in in the NWSL right now, there's friggin' I think technically eight teams are still fighting for six playoff spots, and they're they're basically seven points apart, I think, between all eight teams or nine, whatever. They, they and there's still three or four games left. It's uh, man, it's there's just three games left. There's three games left, so it's just so so hard and the, the, we're just not getting the points so we played angel city last night he's fighting to get into that playoff spot and ended up with a friggin tie one to one so it was a little disappointing but i'll, I'll let y'all get into it before i get into my ranch yeah it's it's a little disappointing because we needed the three points coming into the game but it's even more disappointing. The reason you said it like that is because in the manner that we tied the game, right? <laughs> oh, you want to go straight into it then? All right, let's go. Oh, oh, no, no. B- before that, did y'all get a bobblehead? Okay. I showed up 30 minutes earlier. I didn't get a bobblehead, dude. They were now quick. <laughs> so, yes, I did get a bobblehead. But like I said, we went in before the gates opened because we're part of the supporters group. So we, we, we were able to set up. And as we come in, they check our tickets and they gave us a pass for the bobblehead. So we set up everything, put our signs up, and then we went and got our bobblehead. But what they, they did, they did it instead of giving them out at the gate, they gave you a ticket. And then yeah. you went to a section and got your bobblehead. So it's not like you had to be the first one in whatever gate. They just they passed out, I think it was 1500, I'm sure. It, I was. Think it was. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we, we got in, we were able to set up. We didn't have to rush and fight to get our bobblehead or anything like that. But yeah, so I did get my bobblehead and a few people got their bobblehead and she was awesome and she was she was ready to go and she got to celebrate a little bit. <laughs> she was. Julio, where'd you watch the game last night? Yeah, I watched it from home. Uh I was uh I didn't go to the games this weekend, but um 
Yeah, watch it from home, kind of hoping they throw on throw some bobbleheads on Orange Rewards uh, because I, that's definitely one I'd, I'd like to have. And, you know, she she celebrated her own bobblehead day with uh, probably the goal of the season for the Dash. Hell yeah. Go, definitely go, the goal of the week. Definitely yeah. the goal for the NWSL. Has to be. Has to be. So I'll let you I'll let you describe it. I wish um I saw it on your Instagram story, but I'll let you describe it OSG. Go ahead. Take us take I'm, us to the play, baby. I'm glad you saw it on my Instagram because I did have my phone out when it happened. And also shout out to Red Devil, which you know he, he blocks the games. Uh sorry we're missing Rob Zip, but he he's 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 moving on to better things and that's helping his, his situation out. But you know, uh, Red Devil who also vlogs the games. He he had his. So if y'all want to go on YouTube and actually just just replay the goal, or you know, Dash put it on Twitter. Just go replay the goal and just watch it. Yeah, and, and Red it. Devil but, takes good, uh, good, uh, usually good video. He took video of that uh, Darwin Quintero goal. That oh yeah, I came right at him. Yeah, he was like right behind it. So I haven't seen his video. I'll have to check it out. Go check it out, cause dude, where we were sitting. Or not sitting, sorry, where we were standing because we don't sit during our games. It it is that corner that it hit, it was coming right at us. So we just we just saw it. And if when you can hear it in my Instagram, right before it hits the net, I'm 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 already ah, yes! and it was just it was beautiful. Right in front of us, the surge supporters and just everybody behind that net, just right there. And it was just so beautiful and I want to say it was about 30 yards out. And it was, it was pretty far it, out. It was pretty far yeah. out. It was beautiful, man. And, you know, and of course, at the end of my Instagram story is the Maria Bobblehead. She got her flash, too. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into uh, Chris, good guy Chris, in the supporter section. And he said that. <laughs> The reason Maria scored the goal is because you and him were waving the bobblehead before she shot it. Is that true? <laughs> it, it is so true. Dude. He pulled her out of the box. and it, it, Not at the start of the game, but he pulled her out of the box. Like, I don't forget what minute it was. He pulled her out of the box, and he kept he – her head was bobbling the entire time until a certain minute in the second half. But her, her, her head was bobbling the entire time. But, yes, so he, he – if whatever force he used, he, he – he was ready for it. <laughs> but, yeah, beautiful, beautiful uh, goal um, outside the box, left-footed, finesse shot, almost top 90 uh, to the right of the goalkeeper. Beautiful, beautiful goal, man. I think I agree. Goal of the year for us, definitely goal of the week this week. Or if they vote for it, I'll be voting for it for sure. Yeah, and it got some pretty good coverage because I was watching from the house and I had Twitter pulled up. And mm-hmm. I saw men in blazers retweeted the goal. Like a lot Hell of yeah. like national uh, soccer people were talking about that goal because it was like you said, you know, very spectacular goal, almost like a FIFA goal. You know, like it's a FIFA playing, goal. It's a straight yeah. up FIFA goal. FIFA straight up FIFA goal. shot. Yes, uh, you, you've got R one Neymar or one of those Messi. guys. Messi R one outside the box. Yeah, I play Xbox, so not R one, but. It's the Bumper. same placement. <laughs> yeah. The same yeah. placement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Like, once that goal went in, I was like... That's filled. That, but this was, I guess, and I'm, this will probably segue into OSG's rant. It was like, oh, when you score a <laughs> goal like that, you can't lose. Right. You know, you can't lose. You're at home. It's Maria Sanchez bobblehead day. She scores a worldie. 
and things happened and we didn't win the game <laughs> so i i wound up uh you know it was like one of those obviously it was like dynamo frustrating in the sense that you know obviously the dash dominated the game and whatnot but we had chances after chances after chances and we wound up giving away the points because of a self-inflicted wound which felt very dynamo to me <laughs> all right well Let's let's get into it. I was going to bring up another player first, but you know what? He's great segues no, but... great segues. So, all right, <sighs> Jane Campbell, our captain. I've had a problem with her for a while. I love her saves. Let's just put it that way. So, I'll be. I'll, I guess I'll be more uh, not so vague. So, her reactions. Her movements and all that are, are always when the shots are just quick and just boom. She she always makes her her safe. Great her reflexes, attack. yeah. Yes, yes. Her reflexes are on point. Uh, what what that means is her reflexes and reactions is she doesn't have time to think. She has to do. And I have been complaining for weeks that I don't like when she thinks. And I'm not trying to call her stupid. I just think. Sometimes her soccer IQ, she's forgetting she's the keeper. She's just not making those correct decisions. I can't stand when we're pushing forward and we're attacking the opponent's goal. She's almost almost to that damn semicircle <laughs> behind her defenders. That's, a, that's just, it's just sometimes it's just a little bit too far out to be mm-hmm. to, for a keeper. I don't need you to be that, so, that supportive. Well, she, I have a question for you since you've got – some tactic, okay. tactical background. Do you think that's by design that she's out that far out? Like, since we press high and all that, do you think that's by design or do you think it's something where she just strays and gets caught no. in those situations? And yeah, that's funny you say that because I asked myself that question last night during the game because I see it so much. And I'm like, Juan Carlos. But then I was like, okay, Sarah Lauda. But then I was like, Clarkson. So it's her and they're not correcting it. <clears throat> or maybe it's not a problem because, I, I mean, it's a problem because I'm, well, excuse me, I'm not a coach. I'm not on the staff. It's a problem because I've noticed it. And the coach in me says, what are you, the hell are you doing? Get, 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 just get you back up. But the coaching staff here is not addressing it or she's not listening to it. So I, it, to me, it's, it's all Jane. She comes okay. out, she, playing out and it's it's all it's all her definitely all her and then the other part of it like i said she's either she's overthinking or not thinking but the the play last night that unfortunately gave up the goal for them to tie and end up holding on to that tie the ball coming back i think the defender just or the the forward just takes it from the defender and the ball's played four i forget what exactly happens but Jane comes out, and instead of getting down and coming through the ball, she tries to granny scoop it up, I think is what she did. You know, mm-hmm. where you, yeah. you, you leave a foot apart and then you spread your knees way the fuck out, bend down to pick up the ball, and she didn't She didn't catch it. And then the the, 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 the attacker toe punches it, and it goes right between her legs, and then who's going to stop her now? 
and they put yeah. in that goal. There was two two things in that play, Oshi. Now that you mentioned that, so first, you Charlie was the attacker from LA uh, LA of uh, Angel yes, City. Yeah. I'm calling LAFC yes. because it's, <laughs> but yeah, but Charlie bullied Notten on that one, like just straight up strength. She was doing just that the whole game. So I was her. about to say that. Yeah, and then that was my observation. That yep. was the first part because Notten couldn't get, uh, you know, couldn't shoulder her away, and then I think that's where, you know, just kind of a. Just I guess goalkeeping 101, usually the goalkeeper slides into it with their hands in their body to kind of create the the that that barrier. And she did the opposite, which was kind of just crouch and try to grab it with her hands and her legs kind of not blocking the path of the ball. And that's literally where uh, Charlie poked it and, you know, was able to score. So there was a couple of just bad things there. Uh, but regardless of the goal, we still had a lot of chances to to correct that and and some some of it was not lucky i think angel city did a really good job at isolating salmon as well uh cuz they were kind of giving us the wings and not much up the middle uh and we She's just couldn't take advantage red. of it salmon's my second red mm. i think this was the, this was probably her weakest game for the dash no, one hundred percent was the weakest game, and uh, you, Lava, you might know the defender's name that was marking her the whole the whole freaking game, and it was the same girl. And I turned to Chris, the goody guy, at one point during the game, and said, "Dude, that's their enforcer right there," because every single Salmon wasn't playing the ball at all. And granted, some of her, some of the passes weren't exactly fed into the right space for her to get to him. But when she didn't, when she wasn't getting to the ball, the defenders were, she was not playing the ball. She was fouling and she was fouling aggressively. And I was surprised that she was not carded earlier than what she actually was carded. And she was, she was playing frustrated the whole game. She was, she, it, it felt like that, that, that bully, I wouldn't call her a bully, that enforcer was in her head and, just salmon did not. She I wasn't mean, focused. I, and I don't know if if that if she's faced something like that before. But right, both of the center backs were were getting their shots in. Were kind of getting in her head, and you could tell salmon was was not herself. There was a couple of touches that had she been able to have a really good first touch, it would have been clear opportunities for us. But like you said, I think she was kind of always looking right behind her shoulders, you know, because she's, she'd been pressed. And that's kind of what you want from your center back, especially, you know, me being a Chiellini fan from when he was in Juve, that's what he would do. He would, he would kind of make sure that the striker knew, knew he was there and kind of try to get in their head. And, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Great, great defending on them. I, I, I'd be the same way I, as a defender. I, I don't keep my mouth shut when I'm in your ear. And if I, if I do keep my mouth shut, my finger is in your shoulder, my finger's in your back somewhere, I'm pulling your shirt, I'm tugging your underwear, I'm giving you a wedgie, I'm messing with you. Yeah, the entire time. You're going to be pissed off, and I'm just going to ignore you. So, and, and that girl did a great job last night of, of enforcing Salmon. And, you know, her partner about next year that was backing her up. So, yeah, credit to Angel, LAFC, whatever. Credit, credit to them. They did it. They did a great job counting down salmon. But that's that's where Maria and I think Prince had a bad game as well because she really didn't do anything. And Maria had a good game. Saw some of the things she was doing. But that's where Prince needs to stand up. Now there's more ground 
open on the wings and you going at goal. And I think they forgot that part. They didn't go at goal. They kept trying to put the crosses in and didn't recognize that tactical adjustment that should have been made. Like our wingers, they played very wide. And I remember us on the attack with the balls at the center of the pitch. And instead of running towards the goal, they're kind of staying wide. And just like you said, OSG just throwing the cross, you know, um, the, and I remember, I, I I could be wrong. I do remember a clear chance when I was sitting with you. Uh, Maria crosses it with her left foot, and it's perfect because it met. And I think it was Prince. It was. A oh perfect, yeah. You know what I'm yeah. talking about, right? It's I know perfect, exactly. She had a kind of a pretty point blank header opportunity. Yes. Perfect height, yep. perfect pace. All you got to do is put it in direction of the goal, and you you pretty much score. You know, yeah, that's one of those that they teach you to bounce it into the ground. <laughs> Bingo. Yep. Bingo. Yeah. But I, I understand the point always you is saying. And also like on that goal, it was like communication, the goal that we, that we gave up communication between the goalkeeper and, and the center back, because like you, like you touched on it, uh, Simone out, out muscled our defender. And in my opinion, the goalkeeper should have like jumped on the ball. Right. But, she should have destroyed both of them. Right. Yeah. 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 And that's what they teach you to do as a goalkeeper. You kind of yeah. slide in and, mm -hmm. you know, as a goalkeeper, that's your right to slide into that ball with your hands and your body and, and try to, you know, make your presence felt. And if you take the defender with you, as long as you're playing the ball, who cares? Yeah. But, uh, but uh, there, there was a lot of uh, indecisiveness there from, from, from our end, but we had a chance to win it. And we did. Uh, uh, we had several chances. We had the that made, we hit the bar, the Vasali shot that clipped off the defender and hit the the crossbar, and uh, it was just not there. And and like you guys said, they gave us the wings, and they're like, "All right, here's the wings. We're not going to let you come through the middle." And we never really adjusted to that. Right, and then uh, like we touched on it already, Simone. Like in my opinion, she stood out because she didn't just out muscle. The center backs, like she outpaced them, man. Like, yeah, her speed took advantage because she's strong enough where her pace and her balance out muscled Naughton. Yeah, like she she ate her up last night for sure. But there was one player that to me stood out a lot, especially towards the end. Don't when you we looking dare at... say pink hair. No, 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 no. Okay, it's a dash player. All right. Um, and I I I hope it's her. And you'll correct me. Um, it was uh, Brie Bisali. Yeah, um, she the she came in as a substitute, right? The blonde yeah, hair for, Vigi, for, Vi, for Vigiano. Blonde hair, yep. sh shorter stature. Yes, her, like just going after every ball. You know, like that. That's exactly what you need from a sub, right? Like you're trying to press, take the ball away, and start the attack. You know, that's I, what I, I want from a starter. And maybe Lava can help me out here because he's seen more dash games. Why is Ogle getting more of the starts? You know, that's kind of a newer development, I would say. Uh, that is I, true. That's a newer development. Uh, this midfield has, it's pretty revamped with the exception of Sophie Schmidt uh, from previous years. Uh, well, Groom had to be, started for three yeah, games. It used mm -hmm. to be Groom starting. It used to be, the she got traded to Gotham. Uh, Mewis. Mewis was another one. So, Ogle seems to be more on the more defensive minded, uh, but I think 
her staying on for as long as she did, especially after we had a tie, they tied, I think could have been something that they addressed sooner, bringing in someone with more more dynamic, if you will, like Vasali, like uh, Shea Groom, uh, someone like that. Because like once Bruce Vasali came in, uh, it created a lot of trouble for them and created some of the better chances towards the end of the game. So uh, I think her coming in disrupted what they were doing. And I wish we had done that a little bit earlier in the game, especially you know knowing that there's three games left. It's really a dogfight to try to secure a playoff spot, and we needed those three points yesterday. Not only is it a dogfight, dude. Not not only is it a dogfight. Right? Like I said, there's eight teams fighting for six spots, and they're so close that those eight teams can switch in an instant. But we only have three games left, like you just said. At Chicago is a playoff team right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, Then we come back home and get to all rain, which is a playoff team right now. Behind us? In the standings? Oh, yeah, yeah, behind us. And then, come on, Washington Spirit have finally found their spirit again. And everybody knows, well, not everybody knows, sorry. Last year, they lost in the NWSL final. And this year, they've been on the bottom of the realm the entire season until the past few weeks where they tied us in Houston. They they beat, uh, who the hell they beat this weekend? Uh, Somebody on top. Portland. They beat Portland. They beat first place Portland. And now we, we got them to finish off the season on decision day. And Lava, what happened last year with the Dash? They beat the, the Wave, dude, in a so, 4-3 thriller. So we were, we're kind right. of in a similar situation as we were last season. We had, I think, three games left. We were on this kind of playoff cusp situation. And we it was a draw against Gotham. We got destroyed by O.L. Reign. And the last game of the season, I think a draw would have gotten us into the... No, I'm sorry, a win against Washington Spirit. <laughs> and uh, we it was a 2-2 draw at home. I was at that game. Uh, so I hope they take that lesson because that was a harsh lesson with three games left kind of in the driver's seat, not being able to clinch a playoff spot. Uh, and now they are in a very similar situation with teams kind of behind you. Angel City, I think, has two games in hand. Uh, Yeah, they they do. And I can recap it real quick. So Angel City is sitting seventh place with two games in hand, right, with 26 points. Like OSG mentioned, we play Chicago. They're sitting number six right now with 27 points, and they have uh, to play one more game. Uh, Rain that we play later on this year as well, sitting with 28 points right behind us, but they play one more game. We have 19 matches played in fourth place with 30 points. And like OSG was mentioning, the Spirit, they did us a favor, actually. They beat San Diego 4-3. to So San Diego has one more point than us, but we have the same number of matches played. And then you got Kansas City in, in number one with 32, and Portland in number two with 31. But both of them, they have one game in hand. So every point... From now on, counts like <laughs> you know because you don't even know if you're gonna end up in sixth or in second. You know, at the end of the, at, at the all end of the them, all them teams have a freaking game in hand on us. That's they what's do. gonna kill That's, it. Exactly. That's why this result, in my opinion, hurts a lot because we dominated this game, but ah, we couldn't pull out the three points, and that would have helped a ton in the standings. For real. 
and luckily we, we, we play playoff teams. So wins are extra beneficial this time. So let's go out and win these next two games and not even let decision day come into a factor. So let's just, uh, let's do it. Man. Let's do it. Dash the fuck on. Dash the fuck on baby. And to keep moving on, we can talk about, uh, last but not least, um, the Houston Dynamo, man. Uh, hey, hey, Saturday, hey. Saturday night. <laughs> we got a wah, wah, sound effect or something like that. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> hey, super uh, – give, give, give credit to the defense of Steve Clark. To the four yeah, defenders. No doubt. And Steve Clark, including in, including Zarek The Lundy had a great game. The Davey, who, who was always all over the place, had a great game. Bartlow showed out great. Clark made the saves he had to make when he had to make the saves. And, uh, you know, thank God for the defense, hence the 0-0 tie, because SKC was the better game, the better team the entire game. And, uh, it's, you know, <laughs> thank God for the defense this time. It, it's, it's a draw, but tell us why it feels like a good result. Why does it feel it like happened. a good result? Yeah. So basically, we had a red card, Matias Vera. You want to talk about that in the first half? Yeah, that's why, well, that's, right. why, that's why it feels like a good result, or at least to me, because nah. you, you you didn't lose basically after being one man down the entire second half. What do you think, Julio? I, I kind of tend to agree with you, Herman. On that is, uh, we Vera got two yellows. I think it was the four, early in the like 40, 40, 41st minute, the first half. Right. Tw- right. Twenty second and forty first. Yeah, so that, I think, normally when that happens and, you know, let's travel back a few weeks, probably would have, what would have happened is that one of the attackers would have come out, we would have played five in defense, and we would have lost. <laughs> so in if it, with that as the context, it doesn't feel as bad. And it also doesn't feel as bad because we had chances to win this game in the second half. Obviously, they had chances too, and I think the draw was... I guess pretty fair, uh, but man, Thor in the what is it, ninety third minute off the crossbar. Mm. <laughs> Imagine if that goes in. How crazy Kenny Bundy's first game! Like that would have been a great morale boost. Obviously, the draw is not great, but we could have lost this game and really been, you know, locked down into last place. Which now we're now we're kind of float. I think we're same on points as Earthquakes, but we've got the tiebreaker. And we're a point behind SKC. Uh, so in that sense, yeah, I think it didn't feel too bad. But, man, this was, a, again, a win, a game that we could have won. And if we had won this game, we had given, we'd given us some cushion from not being last place. Because that, I think, should be the goal is to not be last place. Right. And let All me, right. Uh, so let, let, let me ask this real quick, though. Did, you, yeah. did y'all feel it? So the red card was in the 41st minute. We made it to halftime 0-0. Zero, zero, and then he made a halftime sub. Took out Darwin Quintero and put in Darwin Seren. Felt like the same right there at that moment. I don't know though. I don't know because Quintero, with the you know eleven players, kind of in a position where he's not being, uh, you know, See, he, I, we're not. I, we're tactically, not uh-huh. And I don't trust our coaches tactically yet. <laughs> or I, I mean, Bundy, yes, but I'm. We're still in the Nagamore. 
mentality still. So whenever that sub happened, I just felt like it was the exact same thing. Not I, I but, actually didn't mind but, it. Sit in is a guy that runs and he'll challenge balls and whatever. And, you know, obviously a little bit of a wild card because he may get a red, but he needed <laughs> someone to kind of to, to sap out that, that energy in the midfield from SKC. And Darwin was not going to defend. So I didn't mind it right. as much. And we actually didn't, you know, counterattacking wise, we were dangerous. Like this is one thing that I really appreciated from Bundy's approach. It could have been so easy for him to say, all right, we're going to five in the back. We're just going to sit back and just defend, defend the draw. But we were counterattacking and we had several chances in the counterattack. Granted, there were some mistakes in terms of, uh, you know, finalizing the attacking play, but we made Pulse Camp work. He made some key saves as well. So I think the fact that we were counterattacking and punching back never let them really feel that advantage. Whereas if we had just sit back and defend, we would have lost this game maybe by a couple of goals. Right. And they never really did get any good Really, really good shots where Clark had to like make an absolute Ooh. save. There was that one. Was it a header point. that the header that Clark had to save, kind of point blank? And that I was one. picturing that one. Yeah, but point blank, it was right at him. And then but, uh, early on, Tommy had a couple of chances. I think he hit the crossbar too. He did. Uh, yeah, guy that got injured <laughs> had to start yeah. the game. <laughs> and then uh, I remember sitting behind the goal in the second half where Steve Clark had to s- save a shot that was on the ground near the post uh, to his right. So he made a good save there as well. Good reflex save. Um, but, yeah, no, it's uh, – to me, when you lose a man like that um, – to not lose is, is a small W. But the other thing I wanted to point out is the sub at halftime. I feel like Darwin Quintero, uh, offensively, he was lost at times. Like, he wasn't in the middle where he should be, in my opinion. He was more towards the right. But the other the well, observation I made – Say what? I'm done with him. Oh, I know you are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the, but the point that I wanted to make is that he actually hustled back, man. I remember I counted twice where he kind of – and one of them, he slid, like, outside of our box to take the ball back, you know? Like, I don't remember him doing that earlier in the season. And, like, to me, what it felt like was he hustled all he could those 45 minutes, and then, okay, we're taking you out. You gave it your all because we know he's not going to last you not even 70 minutes, you know? So right. that's the observation I made, you know? Yeah. And Maybe I think he lost it too, but I, I, I do love the signature I got on the soccer ball. we don't need him no more but hey i love (laughs) and and for the record like i thought he would stay next year and osg early on would tell me nah he's done after this year and this is like two months ago you know and i think every week goes on and i think you're more right more right and and you hit it on the nail dude so well early on in the season he was Making a difference, right? Producing, yeah. Yeah. He was, was, you know, drawing defenders. He was creating danger. So I kind of was saw that too, Herman. I'm like, you know, maybe we option this guy. Maybe he, you know, becomes kind of a super sub type thing when we need kind of a spark and attack. But now I I really don't see him coming back. I mean, it's an international spot. Uh, Obviously, he took a reduced salary when they, I guess, redid his deal after his contract was up last season. But I just, 
I just don't I don't see him coming back, not even as a super sub role. Uh, he, had, he had seven goals after three games. How many goals does he have now? Zero. <laughs> yeah. Seven, right. He yeah. didn't add no more to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the, the one guy I really wanted to get you got your guys' take is uh, Quinones came on in the second half. Was hmm. it like the 70-something minute? Around uh, there, yeah. And I'll, what do I'll you guys – what do you guys think of him? We haven't been, we haven't seen him start, but he's come in to different games, probably around that 70 ish mark. Yeah. And 70 man, he was like a one man, you know, he was causing trouble just off of his pace and all that. Uh, I mean, we still need to see more of him, but at least the initial minutes that we've seen from him, he may be part of the equation going forward. Like I think he, that we, they may have something in him. Was he wasn't OSG Nelson wasn't the one where they just saw YouTube videos of him, right? That was Tiaguinho. No, correct? that was Tiago. Yeah, 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 Tiaguinho. Yeah. yeah, correct. So they made sure they went down and looked at this guy first. Exactly. Yeah, go ahead, OSG. No, I like this kid. I like this kid. I like this kid. I like what he does, and he's he doesn't he has the pace and he uses mm-hmm. that to advantage, but he 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 does what we ask Papa to do attack the player and Papa doesn't attack the player. He like uses his speed and then cuts back and just does that little shot. The Quinones, he makes moves. He makes directional fakes. He, he actually looks like a soccer player <laughs> and sorry, Papa. I love you, bro, but <laughs> one, one trick pony, but I, I like what Quinones is bringing to the, to the aspect his defense. He still needs to work on it. His, his uh, decision-making and defensive and positioning, Yes, still needs to work on it, but he's an attacker. He's young. I like what he's doing attacking-wise. And I already, with the minimal amount of time and what we have currently on our roster, I could see him maybe getting a prolific role next season as as one of our wingers or as the winger. You know, of course, depending on what we bring in there in the offseason. But I, I do like what we're seeing right now. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves for next season. The question I got for you, would you start him? Maybe not next game, but one of these last next game. games. Next game? Next game. I when you it. when you brought him up, I was thinking because what do we it's, we played on Saturday, now we're playing on Tuesday. We know the the lineup's gonna be a little bit different because it's I could play three days apart. I don't know about these professional players when they don't play <laughs> yeah. They train they train and they work out and I, I get it. I know it's it's draining, it's tiring. But so we're expecting a different lineup. This is a perfect time for him to start. We're at home on a Tuesday night. New England's not the greatest team in the world. Start him. Who I the agree. fuck is Baird? Who the fuck is Baird? Start him. Uh, Who? I, no I'm joking. <laughs> No, I agree with you, OSG. If there is a game to start him, is this one? You're playing against New England, which is not a bad team, but they're you know East Coast team coming into the Heat on a short rest. Uh, you know, two, two road games coming up that are going to be super tough too. Yeah, because I mean, it, throwing him into the pit at LAFC or at Nashville may not Mm-mm. be Mm-mm. ideal, but here at home on a short rest against a team that's not as good as Nashville or LAFC. I think it's a perfect situation to give them a full 90 and then, you know, bring them back on as a sub for those games that, that uh, are a little bit going to be a little bit more tricky. Please, please start him. Kenny Bundy. I know you're listening. Please (laughs) start him. 
I believe the the Donna those guys and the coaches they they're on social media enough to where they hear enough and see enough. So anybody start him. We're, we're we got your back, bro. <laughs> and then just to um, put close close the the loop on the point that Julio was making earlier, we currently sitting at thirteen with thirty points. San Jose also has 30 points. They're sitting in 14th, but they have one game in hand. And then Sporting, Sporting Kansas City, they're one point above us with the same amount of games played. So the battle to not be last is, is tight. <laughs> no, so last in the West. D.C. is going to take that word and take it to the back end, and who cares where we finish left? Who who cares where we finish up now? I mean, we still have the four games left, and yes, so that means let's play competitive and let's see if we get some points and steal some points and keep LA Galaxy out of the freaking playoffs. So yeah, it does it does matter how we play these last four games, and you know, let's but yeah, let's not finish in last again. And and that's how uh, like touching back on that statement that you mentioned earlier in the episode, OSG, our coach. He wants to win, man. So he wants the team to compete, you know, and I love what he said. He wants the team to compete for the badge on the front of the kit, you know. That that's that's all as fans, that's all we want the team to do, you know. So I'm when I'm you're playing for the badge, you're playing from your heart. Right. And and that's what I hope we get to see tomorrow night, you know. So I'm I'm excited, man. I I think another will another winnable game at home. Or that we can at least compete and show out, you know? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I've thrown in, you know, you mentioned Kenny Bundy. I mean, we don't know who's going to be the manager. And I'm pretty sure they're not going to, regardless if Kenny Bundy wins out, they're not going to give him the manager, I would hope. But, I mean, they did talk about wanting a guy on the staff, you know, possibly with MLS experience. Uh, I mean, he could even be rehearsing for an assistant role, you know? Mm-hmm. That's an excellent point, and that's a good point of view, because for me, he signifies the bridge, you know, from those to the first team. You know, he's that one point of consistency that we have. <laughs> you know what, Lala? That's a great point. So, Sean Ringrose, hey, let's Kenny Bundy, assistant coach, bring in this new guy. Let this new guy do whatever he does. If it's it's how do you say his name, Lava Beasel or Beasel? Who? Uh, the uh, Herman, who were we talking about the other day? Uh, Bielsa, the coach that we, Bielsa. Oh, yeah. Bielsa, Bielsa, Bielsa. I think yeah. that's, I think that's a, a kind of a blue sky hoping type spot. That would be far out, an example, anyways. But it, it was like a, a guy that's going to come in who just wants to help the project and then and, and then he's gone. Like Kenny Bunny can do two or three years under this guy's umbrella and then be the guy. And I think they can help each other, you know, because Kenny knows the MLS game and can help assimilate the coach, assuming that it's a little uh, not MLS on the resume. Although I know they've been very clear that they want some, which is good, Um, but they can help each other. It's it's top flight experience. Okay. 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 I think they walked back a little bit. They mentioned MLS knowledge is, I think, the statement. That okay. Put out. I remember there, seeing MLS explicitly somewhere. I think oh. originally the first go around, they were like, it has to be an MLS experienced person. 
Mm-hmm. And I guess that's why Naga checked the box. But now they're just like MLS knowledge, I think, is what he mentioned in the last. So I think their their wording of how they're approaching this is a little bit different, which hopefully opens the window for us to look beyond an assistant or something like that. But, I mean, I, I, I listened to some of the national MLS guys over the past week, especially since Naga got, whenever Naga got fired, mm-hmm. we were back on all the MLS podcasts. Uh, and they threw around a lot of, like, assistants as possibilities more so than your Antonio Mohameds and your, you know, your foreign coaches, which I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know if I could do another season with an assistant who hasn't led a senior team in a top flight league. Uh, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully we, 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 we get a, a seasoned veteran with some success under their belt. Antonio Mohamed is my, the guy that I wish, and I don't think it's unrealistic. Uh, but at the end of the day, who knows? I know the the national guys throughout, like Davey Arnaud from Austin FC. Uh, I think they mentioned, I think it might have been a Galaxy assistant as another option. And then they threw out some nonsense like Landon Donovan, which I'm hoping <laughs> that's not even part of the, con- the consideration. Love them as a player, but not, no. He can no. stay in San Diego. He can stay in San Diego. <laughs> no what? <laughs> no, Landon Donovan, no. Oh, yeah, 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 coach. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it would definitely feel like a Josh Wolf situation, never coaching his freaking life. Now he coaches on MLS team. Well, and I think yeah. the other thing that at least, I guess, he's my... coaching in USL. He's been yeah. coaching for like two years. I With think. San Diego yeah. Loyal? Yeah, San Diego Loyal. Yep. But uh, I think based on what we've seen and what the messaging after the Naga, it seems to be that the heat is on with towards Pat now. Mm-hmm. Because he made that call, he brought in Naga, he realized that didn't work out, he fired him. So now it's round two, and I, I don't think Pat can can miss. Like, if he misses, I think there's going to be some more change uh, at his level probably next season. So I would hope that he's looking for someone more experienced as the guy. I would hope so too, and I hope that whoever prepared that slideshow for Ache Ache is preparing the slideshows for the oh. potential head coach candidates. Dyna- Dynamo memes. <laughs> Dynamo memes. We gotta get them. We gotta get them working, man. Because I know that we're dead last, and I know it's not Houston's not like a LA or New York where it's or a Miami South Beach where it's like, oh my God, I want to go live there, right? It's not. Yeah, not a traditionally Attractive, sexy city. Exactly. Especially for someone who hasn't really had a lot of like hasn't lived in the united states they you know the glitz is like new york or la or chicago or miami you know those are the cities that are i guess more in the mindset of, but know. i feel those are, known, those are known to the world what is houston though to the world fucking spaceship right, right. spaceship in the like, world, baby yeah, that's right <laughs> i feel like houston's a place that once you get here you learn to love or appreciate right and what do, what do we need to do to get these people here, right? So I, I do believe we have a couple cornerstones that we can use to attract, right? Uh, Coco, Sebas, and Ache Ache, right? And then thankfully, we have an owner that will throw money because we need the money, obviously. That's how you get the candidate to come here. So we got that going for us, I feel, at least, you know, that we can get a good head coach in. That, that's why I'm optimistic. And the fact that you just touched on Julio. Pat can't miss on this one, dude. 
the and I think the on. other the other selling point that Pat has is that they're going to give this new coach a relatively blank slate, with the exception of those guys that you mentioned, which are, I would say, high quality MLS players. Mm-hmm. Uh, the roster is going to have a lot of upheaval, and there's going to be a lot of players coming. So you can sell that to managers like, hey, you can shape this team. You can help us shape this team to kind of your vision. Uh, whereas, you know, giving them, you know, a retread of all these players may not be as attractive. Having that opportunity to, to give a coach, hey, help us build this. Here's we have the resources to do that. I think that's a selling point as well. And, and that's the, the approach that I think we will take when trying to recruit one of these coaches. But we're not going to we're not going to use it to that degree. And Pat's already said, I fired the coach now because I need to go find a coach. Bundy's our intern. Are we going to wait to get the coach? I mean, can we get the coach and wait to get players or do we need to go get players now or do we have to get the coach first? Absolutely not. We are going to go find those players now and then we can. I think that's a question. That's a question for Asher tomorrow at that that chalk talk because I agree because that's a scary thing in terms Mm -hmm. of, all right, Asher and Pat are going to build a team and then, if, if that's what's going to happen, which, you know, what they say in the conference, in the press conferences may not be what they wind up doing, then I think their direction is that they're going to bring an assistant, you know, someone, hey. the USL guy, something like that. Because if you're, you can't sell, if, you know, if Pat and Asher build, you know, sign a bunch of players between the end of the season and they bring in a coach in January, uh, I don't know how you sell that to a guy like Antonio Mohamed or to like one of these Liga MX guys, you know? And let me let me add on to that, OSG, before you chime in, because I'm actually interested in your opinion, OSG. Wouldn't okay, well, I was gonna, just going to say that if, why you say Asher when Pat Onstead's going to be the one to say Oh, that's – there was a switcheroo, by the way. Did, I don't know if you saw that email. It's just going to be Asher no. tomorrow. Yeah. I, I can talk Aww. to Asher. I'm a friggin' what? I don't – I need Pat. <laughs> Yeah. Because, in my opinion, I don't have an email. Yeah, because I don't have an email. Where's you at, bro? Where's you at? <laughs> Pulling that email right now, OSG, because I got it, and it was they brought it up, but some of the search folks brought it up. It says oh, that the top, the chalk talk schedule with Pratt prior to tomorrow's game will now be hosted by Asher Mendelson. <sighs> so hopefully, and someone threw. I think Sean threw up. Is is what if? Pat's traveling to go talk to possible candidates. I hope so. I hope so too, because I'll, I'll ask him uh, that. I mean, I'll ask yeah. that question. Where's Pat? Lava, are, you, are you going? Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. I'll are you going you to the chalk talk? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll throw that question out too. Yeah, good. Boom. Yeah, y'all get him. Yeah, we'll get him because uh, to me, it makes no sense to do that to 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 for Pat and for Asher to sign players without the coach, because this is the, wouldn't it be the same mistake we did with Naga where we went ahead and signed and broke the transfer fee for a striker and then made some signings before optioned in players and all of that. Yeah. And the, and the yeah, three, but... three that, that Paulo wanted to play, he could never play to his full potential because he didn't have the personnel. That's, that, that, that's true. But I, I think Pat just, Pat learned from his own lesson that he did last year. But at the same time, like he said, he cannot wait. If there's a player out there that he can go get right now, he's going to go get. 
and that that and this coach, this new coach, whoever it may be, it, it's it, hope he's going to fit his style, obviously, because that coach is going to take that position. Hopefully, it doesn't cut some people out. But he he's he said he's changed his scouting directives. He's he's you know he's he's doing his due diligence. He's not trusting. He's not trusting social media. He's not trusting people. So, but I mean, you're going to have to. Because if you cannot find a coach right now, and there's players out there, you got you got to go get players to, and just make sure they just fit a particular style. To me, if that happens, it's if let's say the season's end, ends in October, whatever. If we start signing players October, November before coach, my guess is that they're going to bring in an assistant or a USL guy, someone that the way they sold this Paulo was this, this collaborative approach, which I think is now slowly becoming the core values of this the new regime uh and i i i think that would be the direction that they're going with because these assistants and these usl guys aren't going to be as demanding as a bigger name in terms of having a say the roster they're just happy that they're getting you know a shot to lead an mls team so that that's a scary thought to me uh, if that's the approach, because that means that we're going to get another situation, may not pan, may not be the same as Paulo in the sense of the results. Hopefully not, but the approach would be similar. Let's remember the situation we're in this off season compared to last off season. We've been very restricted on roster movement this season, as Pat also has said. We've had players and contracts that we had to, that were guaranteed that we had to keep on. And there wasn't much space in the roster just to just to bring a couple players up. They had to make some moves, hence uh, Pasher, uh, whoever whoever else went earlier in the season. This season, we have a lot of turnover. We have a lot of players out of contracts or up for options. And I, for my count, if I remember correctly, is fourteen players out of the thirty. So that's I I, I signed this. I signed Lava Spike Jones, and then I sign a head coach two weeks later. That's one player. There's just so much more room to build and so much more to sell. That's a fair point. That, that's a so, fair point. That, and that's that's how I was looking at it as well. Sorry, I should have been more. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That's a fair so, point. Like if if you find let's say a number ten out there that is going to be good. Like, uh, you know, we, we took like a honey Mukhtar type caliber player and you can bring them right. in. Why not? I agree. Somebody with that nobody's going to complain about. But if, but what worry, what would worry me is if they're, if it's all right, they, they don't option, let's say 10 of those 14 and they bring in 10 more players, whether mm-hmm. they're MLS or whether they have some experience in Colombia or Liga MX or whatever it may be. I think that's a scarier proposition, but if, they bring in one or two players and then the coach comes in and then the coach can kind of build out the rest. That wouldn't be the end of the world. Agreed. I agree. Yep. 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 OSG, you got any, uh, any fan questions? No, no, no fan questions, but I, I, I stole, I stole a, uh, not a question, but I, I stole a little, little segment from Dynapod when he did his 15 minutes with Finn and, and I, I liked it because it made me think too about it. But he he said he went through the basically he went through the roster and he's like, hey man, uh, core players. So you're building the team for next year, and you have those core players. He listed he listed six with a possible seventh players out out of what we have. 
that he could see that would be a part of that core. Whether they end up being starters after the new players come in or they're or they're bench players, but they're able to start and they're able to give minutes and they're able to be a part of that that chemistry and that camaraderie that we have. And he named six off real quick, but that's that's the question I want to ask you. How to, to which core players do we have to build that future off of and move into next season? And real quick, he went with Teenage Davey. And before I even go through the names, contracts, blah, 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 anything else doesn't matter. Hopefully we buy down teenage so that doesn't keep you from saying, hey, teenage is a core player because he's still under contract. He's here next season unless something happens. So he said, teenage, Lundy, Ache Ache, Coco, Sebastian, Fadea, and shit, he was a 6-1. <laughs> Damn. Oh, and he did actually throw in Quinones, Nelson Quinones as the yeah, 6-1. I agree. And then he said, he said possibly as Bartlow as that seventh one. Yes, I was going to say that. I was going to say replace Lundy with the ones you mentioned and throw in Reigns. I don't think Lundy's that good. So it would be the three I mentioned earlier, HH, Coco, Sebas, and then you would do Bartlow, Reigns, Nelson Quinones, and uh, and teenage, those would be my seven. Bart low, Bart low. Thank you. You're welcome. So, Lava, what you got? So, I guess I start with Steve Clark because uh, experience, experience. He's he's still under contract, and it's I would say one of it's not really a position of urgent need. I mm-hmm. think he could be serviceable for another year. So, I go Steve Clark. One of Parker or Teenage, I don't think we should keep both because they're on really expensive contracts. We can only buy down one. We would, if I'm Pat, I'm trying to trade or do something with one of those two. Uh, Bye, Parker. Then I would do Coco Carasquilla, HH, Sebas, Nelson Quinones. I think those are my six. Um, and, And Bartlow would be probably the seventh because he would probably start, but at the same time, he would start for whoever doesn't survive between Parker and Teenage, I would say. And that at least you have your keeper, center backs, midfield striker, and then your wings and your full backs and all of his other pieces would be what we bring in as reinforcements. You bring in a, a good one, OSG, as, as Lava was mentioning his his seven or his six. Thor is intriguing because he's young. And obviously we picked him very high last year, but he did have some goals earlier this year. You know, we love his hustle. We love him going forward. Me personally, I need to see more from him so I can feel confident in him going forward. Like from what we see from him, what could he do if he was starting every day? With with Sebastian, I not hope even he gets the start him. next to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, just him by himself. What could he do? Just you've seen so much potential and so much, like you said, tenacity, excitement, energy from the guy who belongs on the field. So yeah, I would consider him a part of a core piece. And like I said, it doesn't have to be a starter. It could be a role player that gets a lot okay. of playing time. I can, I can not, see him not, as a role player. Yeah, yeah. Not I, I need to see more finishing from him. Play because hey, oh, you want to play, dude? No, Thor. Yeah. Thor, you're up. Let's go, dude. You're up. And when you guys mentioned core, for me, is people who could start. But I do Art. think Thor 
can play a role as a backup striker, backup striker, or yeah. in situations that I don't know what tactics the coach is going to bring. I don't know if they're going to do a four, three, three or change it up, but I really like him not as a winger. Cause we've seen him as a winger a lot, but I like him playing off of the number nine, mm-hmm. kind of like uh, Morata used to do for Juventus or Mansuki Mansuki used to do for Juventus playing off of uh, Tevez and when Tevez was around in Mansuki's case. And then, uh, Morata playing off of Vlaovic last season, I can see him in a similar role where he provides another avenue for the defense to have to worry. And is a guy who's shown that he can score, uh, especially for a rookie kind of being thrust into a difficult situation. So I do think that he is going to play a role. He's still, I think he's generation Adidas, so that doesn't really... Uh, I think his contract isn't really a factor. I think the big thing no, with not. him, the big thing with him is that we need to that he needs to we need to get him a green card so he doesn't take up an international slot. Uh, but I I can see him as a role player. Him and someone like for example like a Griff Dorsey, maybe we don't want him starting, but that's a guy who can come off the bench to play as a fullback or to play off as a wing if we need kind of a guy who's going to run and hustle. So those pieces I would put on that second tier. Of maybe they're not core guys, but they're guys that may still play a role Rotation. for 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 our team next season. That that is considered core to to me because to you, you okay, you, yeah, you play you play a role. You're a significant piece of the team. I'm expecting you, and you were you were talking about style. I, I kind of hope we go to with the players we have now. We don't know what we're bringing in, but I'm kind of hoping we go to a four four two and uh, the midfield being a diamond style, and we and we play. Uh, also, our four three one two. If you want to make it a little simplified, but I, I'm kind of open to use that formation with the type of players that we currently have and the potential that we've shown this season. It might make a little bit of a difference instead yeah, of. I just, a, I just didn't want to get overzealous with the core pe- people because we did have a pretty bad season. So my core is like the six <laughs> guys that are going to start that could, and I mean with those six yeah. guys that I mentioned, and then you bring in two good fullbacks, two good wingers, or or a number 10 and another midfielder, whatever the formation is going to be, I think re- realistically we could be fighting for a playoff spot. Because after seeing how many points we lost from winning positions this season, that told me two things. One, quality-wise, if we had just a little bit better quality, we may still be fighting for a spot right now. And then the other factor, which I know it's been talked to death in all the podcasts, is coaching. Uh, so I think with those two elements adjusted, you know, maybe we're not going to be fighting for a supporter shield, probably not, but definitely fighting for a playoff spot, which is, I guess they've reiterated that's the goal. That's the goal. And I just want to make the point. I also thought the same thing as Julio, but I still stick by my seven that I named. I, I think they could be starters. They could be part of the core. So or should be part of the rotation going forward. It'll be very, like we all said, it'll be very interesting as, as to far what is our offseason to go. And I'm, I'm hoping Asher uh, just makes a little, uh, gives us a little intrigue into that offseason tomorrow, or at least one of two of y'all, Serge, uh, Sergio will be there too. So hopefully he's got a good question and then well, y'all ask him. And then I actually kind of was, before we started the podcast, was talking to Herman earlier and uh, we're going to reach out to Asher finally. We're going to sign him up for the off-season interview. For the Dynalytics <laughs> Chalk Talk? Yeah. Like that. <laughs> That's the episode name. It's yeah. the rap. That would, actually, it will be. Man, 
because even at the meet and greet, he walked up to both of us. He's like, hey, man, when do y'all want to do the interview? When do y'all want to do the interview? Hey, I, but we'll let you know. I'm asking out your information. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, think it's, I think it's time to go ahead and reach out to the band and just uh, sign something up for the offseason. And, and hopefully we can some, get some, some more information out there and then uh, let, some, so, let Houston know that everything's going to be just A-OK. So I just have one more question to wrap up the core player conversation. I know we focused on kind of the bigger names. Who do you think is a guy that's either has been mostly a bench player or maybe like a Dynados player who you guys think is going to play a role next season? Maybe not as a starter, but who's going to come in and give us good minutes? Aside from Reigns? Aside from Reigns, because I know Reigns, the whole planet, I wouldn't, I would be shocked if he doesn't start. Uh, if Agreed. he doesn't, if he's not part of the senior team next year, you took too long, Herman. It's Mikel. It's what? Silver. Okay. Silver. I, I like. Oh, that. okay, okay, I see yeah, that. okay. Yep. I mean, I, you, 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 yeah. you can't go wrong with Lafleur either on the out on the outside wing back as well, but uh, Mikel, just just uh, those those Silva, those Santos Silva. I, I just I like his style. I like the what he does. He uh, he fits in with. Teenager style, and to go back to your core, man, Parker, get the hell out of here. The teenager and Parker are just, in, in my eyes, are just two different types of players, and I'd rather have teenagers on the field 100% of the time over Parker if that was my only two choices. So, please, teenage, I know Parker's going to be here next year. Set the bench, bro. Maybe go to down and dose. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> trade him to St. Louis. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but there's my feelings. And then my player is, I kind of want to see more uh, minutes given to him to see what he really has. Because to me, he's intriguing, is Beto Avila. Okay. You know, I still think we, we have yet to see his full potential. So I hope that the coaching staff gives him an opportunity so he can show us what he has. All right. Good answers. I like Silva. My, I guess, hot take of a guy that I think has yet to play a role for us is, is Junqua. Mm. I've he comes in, he plays with a lot of tenacity. Heart. I just think I just think we need to tweak adjust him a little bit from kind of the the, the football intelligence portion. But I think he's a guy that uh every time he's come on, he's given us some sort of spark with his energy, and I kind of want to see more. I agree. I would and I wouldn't mind keeping Joe and Lundy next year, and both of their contracts are up. So we're going to have to make a decision on both of them. I don't know if they have options to tell you the truth, but so that's a, that's a Sean question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he knows, he knows, the, he knows that I think the, the most of all the ins and outs of the contract situation. But yeah. Oh, is <laughs> anything, anything else you want to touch before we wrap up? And, you know, uh, I think I think that does wrap it up with you know my notes here to see if we miss anything. We got the massive tailgate, invited everybody out there, and you know what, Lava, I think it's okay to even go ahead and say this. If you're listening to this show and you want to go to the Dose game, but you ain't got five dollars, I got you. Technically, the surge got you. Let us know. DM Lava. DM me. DM Sergio, the president. If you know a Surge member, DM them. They'll get you to the game. So come and on with hug. it. 
and a hug. Hell, you definitely get a hug. You know, actually, you know, Lava, when we were talking to you at the beginning of the show, and you, you chose the surge. I wanted to ask you, man. It's like, because like, I feel Herman's going to join about the own. I just get that feeling out of him. But what, what drew you to, what, what, you know, did, did you even get to see the other groups or do you just see the surge and like join yeah, the surge? I, I actually, like their socials for a while, uh, like TA and El Batallon and, and all that. And Herman mentioned me being a Rojos fan. And when I lived in Guatemala, I would be more into like the, like the supporter side, not necessarily like a full-fledged member, but I would sit in that section the and, and cheer and all that. Yeah, yeah. I was younger, obviously. So I was trying to find that spot where, you know, we're still going out, supporting the team, waving flags, doing TIFOs and all that. Uh, but not as, you know, the full 90 of like a Batallon, because those guys go all out the full 90, which respect to that. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think the surge was kind of that sweet spot of we're still, you know, we're traveling to away games, we're, you know, we're doing banners and flags and TIFOs and doing events and all that. So it was just, I think that was the right fit for me, especially in my older age. <laughs> I just want to say thank you to Guatemala for Pollo Campero. Uh, the best. Guatemala, Guatemala has this uh, fried chicken food chain, dude, OSG. Uh, yeah, yeah. So good. So good. So good. Have you had it, OSG? No, I'm not. No, next but uh, whenever, whenever he said, when he said the name, I'm assuming he said. Next, next time you come up for a Dynamo game, we'll go to Pollo Campero. Uh, I'll buy you some Pollo Campero to try the 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 gifts from my land. It's good well, stuff. Speaking of that, I, I even asked. I, I hit Sergio up just so we wrap as we wrap things up. I hit Sergio up today on the Discord. I'm like, hey, bro, what is the? This is my first season as a Serge member myself, but. Uh, what did, what, what does the surge do during the off season? And he, he kind of just said something. I was like, no, nah, bro, that's that's what I was looking for. I've only got two more planned trips to Houston during this soccer season, and it being the Donados game, and then decision day against LA Galaxy. What the hell am I going to do during the off season? I need reasons to come to Houston. So, <laughs> yeah, no, and that, that's one of the things I liked about the surge is that you know they we've been they've been active with dash they've been active with dose i would think that from the supporter groups the most active at dynamo, dynamo dose games so i it's it's i like that kind of sense of just it's a it, it's the the hdfc is not just dynamo it's the whole thing and uh and the activities right we you know we do banners and tifos and like uh, charity volunteer. type stuff volunteer uh, events and then like just hangouts in the off season like Christmas party, Christmas party, and all that. So that's kind of I just wanted that kind of sense of community, uh, and I think the search kind of fit out fit pretty well with me. You know, not just at the Dynamo game, which is that's the focal point and the main reason, but the other reasons about being someone from Houston and, and living in this community. I think the search has done a pretty good job at at touching all those other areas uh, that you know is part of being you know being a someone from Houston, someone that lives in Houston or someone that's lived in Houston or someone that's Houston adjacent. Dude, for real. And I, I love what the surge do and what, and what Sergio and Jeff does. And I don't know the insides of El Batillon and I hope Texians isn't listening, but y'all are too quiet. I don't even hear y'all. So, <laughs> but did you, uh, uh, did you try to <laughs> wave a flag and then they kicked you out? Is that what happened Saturday? I didn't get kicked out. Okay. I thought you went to their section. And I know, I did. Flag, and then they kicked you out. <laughs> no, no. I took their flag over to our section. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I used it. 
And then I took it back over to him because I was done using it. Because I don't, I can't wave a flag for fucking ever. Your arms. I did hurt. take a, <laughs> so, I did take a picture of you waving that flag. I'll, <laughs> I'll tweet that out too. It looks awesome. It looks awesome. Yeah. yeah and I and, and excuse me, this game. I was heckling the Texans during that game <laughs> just because I the, I was kind of closer to theirs uh, into that little aisleway, so I was kind of closer to them. So I noticed them more than I typically do. And that I just I did, I did not appreciate their enthusiasm towards the game, and just uh, so it was annoying. It was annoying, but whatever. I'm not trying to talk shit about the Texans. We still love you, Texan Army. <laughs> yeah, dude, we, we we still do. That just maybe it was just uh, y'all were sick that night uh, on the potential of COVID or something. I don't know. So, <laughs> but I, I that's I do love the surge and like you say, what they do, they do things in the community. They do. Uh, 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 toy drives. Uh, what did y'all do uh, last? Was it last week or two weekends ago? Y'all food did bank. a uh, food bank. Yeah, I went to food yeah. bank. Food bank, and I, I know there's like something every two weeks that something just pops up where there's a, a community service that y'all go and provide, and and the opportunity for people to provide to the community. And it's just, it's just, well, and, it's and that's the the cool thing is that obviously Dynamo and Dash and soccer is kind of what brought us all together, but that there's these other opportunities and these other relationships you can build with other people that live in Houston, maybe not in the same part of you that you live in or in a different walk of life, but that you kind of connect obviously soccer first and foremost, but on other levels would could be just community work or uh, going to events or doing, you know, you know, going like to top golf or just stuff like that. So I, I, that's that's really what I was looking for, and I really found it with the surge. And I'm 100% happy with my decision. <laughs> but you know, shout out to the rest of the Albatio, the Texian, and the other guys. Bandera Negra. <laughs> yeah. I don't know a single member from Bandera Negra, but I hope I get to meet you one day. I, I think we did meet one before. I think one made a trip to Austin or. Oh yeah, you weren't there, but so they, they are they are there. You know, credit out to all the, the hustle towns, and like you said, all the hustle towns going to be out at the dose game as well. And they 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 translate from one to the other. But like you said, the surge do Dynamo, they do Dash, they do Dose, they do events, they do hangouts. Uh, well, we're talking crap to each other about football right now. We're talking crap to each other about English English football as well. So. It's just, man, I'm having fun, and it's an, even more of an inspiration for me to hurry up and get home. So I love it. Guys, join the surge if you <laughs> have a chance. If you sit in the supporter section or you, you don't know what you're doing, come talk to us, guys. Find us at the pitch 25 before the games. Come talk to us. That's what I got to say. Anything else? <laughs> Follow us on Dynalytics. On Spotify and Twitter. Julio, man, give us a shout out. And, uh, or if you have a shout out, sorry, if you have a shout out, you want to bring something up, or you want to mention a, a, a restaurant, a person, a pod, a, anything, a family member, and then let people know where they can find you on Twitter, bro. All right. Well, I'm shout out to the Surge, obviously. Shout out to Inchada, which has also been kind of a, a just a fun, fun deal talking to people that are you know are interested in the dynamo as much as we are uh shout out to y'all for having me <laughs> i really enjoyed hanging out talking dynamo dash dose and yeah i'm on twitter pretty active i don't strictly tweet about dynamo 
I do often though, but uh, I'm at I'm at Julio J U L I O underscore D A. Uh, find me there. Talk about horror movies, football, baseball, video games, anything else. You know, that's that's what we're there. Dude, I love it. I love it, man. And I appreciate you coming on tonight. And uh, man, I love it. Ramon? No, like I said yeah. earlier, thank you. Thank you for listening. Make sure to follow us on Spotify and Twitter and tell a friend, a Dynamo friend or a soccer fan about us. And you know how we do it here in Dynalytics OSG. What do we always do? Forever Orange. And hold it down. Hell yeah. H H's. Haters hate but lose when we in the race. Hey, we up in the place and we gon' put it in a face. Let them know, use the dynamo. Use the dynamo. Use the dynamo. Haters hate but lose when we in the race. Hey, we up in the place and we gon' put it in a face.